In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. We're so conscious sometimes being nice in the church. I don't respect a lot of nice people. I respect good people. Now, if they're good and nice, I respect them. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we We salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I am Jim Ramos. I'm here with Dale Culver, and this is Equipping Men in 10. How you doing, man? Doing great. Hey, we got a lot to cover in 10 minutes, man, it's like squeezing it all down and compacting it. It's like taking that beautiful truck of yours and squishing it into a big heap of junk, into this compact thing. It already kind of looks going. squished because it's a short bed. So, yep. So let's uh, compact that some more. And uh, before we get jumping in here, let's figure out what the man law is. Yep, man law here. You know, if you're a Christian man, you should probably keep that in consideration when you are typing on social media. And so this really is something that um, I think about, honestly, because if I put some stuff on there that's going to be offensive or be a jerk or whatever, that is going to completely silence me for ever sharing the love of Christ with anybody. They're going to look at that and go, Dale's a jerk. I'm not listening to him. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I would say that Jesus is offensive. So if you're going to post Christian stuff, go for it, because that will be offensive. But if you're going to post stuff that makes you look like an idiot... Like we had a guy posting on one of our Instagram videos, you know, telling me to stay in the desert. He hopes I have a video, uh, you know, a podcast series made after me with uh, like the, the fall of Mars Hill. And I went on the guy's Facebook profile. And he's a pastor. And I'm like, why would a Christian man ever say that? And it really hindered this guy's witness to me and it, even his church. I thought I would never go to that church. It's not a Bible-believing church. So we have to be really careful. In fact, I was just reading this morning, Dale, and I know you've been reading this because you're in the one-year Bible as well. Uh, Esther, when Esther, when uh, Queen Vashti disrespected Xerxes, <laughs> he sent out this edict throughout the land, and I wrote down in my Bible, the first ever angry email. I mean, he was <laughs> pissed. And I thought, man, you should never send an angry email. Mm -hmm. Never respond back to somebody because you're angry. I mean, think it through. So I actually reached out to that pastor through through Messenger, and I wanted to find out why he said what he said. Oh, man, he backed off real quick. Clearly, he had sent an angry response that he hadn't well thought out. And so we have to be really careful because you can't take that stuff back. It sears in the brains of the people who read it. Right. Yeah. And and when you have, uh, say, 2,000 people following you uh, in your personal page, 
and you're trying to be a witness for Christ, yeah, it's just not working if you're no. throwing stupid things well, out Well, that's there. really interesting that you said that, because our podcast today is called The Respected Man, and that is based—now realize, we're going through the 20 qualities to assess your best version in my book, The Full Capacity Man. Now, I want to state this again. This book will not be released until June of 2022, so we realize we've got to push it back, although the rough draft of this book will be done in the next week. So we're, we're so I'm just letting you know that. But we want to give you a teaser, and so the teaser is we're going through each of those 20 qualities. Last week was blameless. Today is the respected man, and I believe this, Dale. I believe that respect is the greatest gift a man can give. What are your thoughts about that? I, I agree wholeheartedly. When my wife and I get into it, usually what tips it off is the respect thing. That's what sends me going loony. Yeah, and I, and honestly, <laughs> I don't care if my wife loves me. That's a bonus, Yeah, but I want her to respect me. In fact, it's interesting. In Ephesians chapter 5, in the household codes, it's like verse 22 to 33, Paul, five times, Paul tells men to love their wives. Five times. But he never tells women to love their husbands, not one time. In that whole passage, all he tells women at the very end was respect your husband. And I thought it's really interesting. Emerson Egricks in his book, Love and Respect, says this, and I 100% agree. The reason why God tells men five times is, first of all, men are stubborn. (laughs) Second of all, a man's default setting is respect. A man naturally respects well. You get men in a room who don't know each other, and the first thing they go for is, "Do I will you be a man I can respect? Right. Do you have what it takes to be respected, or are you just being a jackweed?" So, but with women, women are made for love. Those beautiful bodies they have are made for love. They're made for love. They 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 naturally love. It's their default setting. Women are the most disrespectful people to each other. I mean, if you watch women interact, it's really uncomfortable how they're just constantly kind of ribbing each other and passively aggressive. It's just crazy. So women don't naturally respect. So when God asks a woman, and I know there are a lot of wives on this show right now listening. So women, thank you for listening. When God tells you to respect your husband, he's asking you to do something that's not natural. He's asking men to do something that's not natural. But here's the deal. If a man does not do the things to earn the respect of those around him, he will not be at his full capacity. 1 Timothy 3 2, Paul says this, talking about overseers. An overseer then must be respectable. Now, the word respectable in the original Greek, and tell me if this word sounds familiar, Dale, is the Greek word kosmios. It's also translated in 1 Corinthians as modesty. This literally means modesty. The basic meaning is actually orderly. It's putting something in order. It describes a well-ordered life. So when you think of the word cosmos, does it sound like any American or English word to you? A cosmos? Cosmos. I think Sounds like the cosmos. Okay, so yeah. when you look up in the stars, there's billions of stars, but they are ordered just mm-hmm. how God wants them, right? Mm-hmm. We have these, these orderings called constellations, okay? So another thing that this word reminds me of is the word cosmetic. So if it's well-ordered, so here's the story. I'm going to ask you this question. You have three daughters. Tell me what you think I should have done. My little granddaughter recently said, Papa, yes, Queen, yes, Princess Naomi. Shanna's the queen. She's the princess. Can I put makeup on you? (laughs) Okay, so now I am leading a men's ministry. 
and she wants to put makeup on me. <laughs> you have three daughters. What are you? I said, hell no. Oh. I'm a leader of a men's ministry. I write to books. Get your little butt away from me before I beat you down, girl. They used to fight with me with this all the time and the fingernails. And I'm like, you are not painting my fingernails. Uh, nope, nope. No. Come on. Oh, uh, man. Well, and- so William Barkley says, Cosmios is orderly, honest, and respectful. It's commonly used to describe the person who is a good citizen. It describes a person whose life is beautiful and in whose character all things are harmoniously integrated. Cosmios, Barkley says, is the, is the inner being reflected in outward beauty. So what did I say to my granddaughter? Yes. I said yes. I saw the pictures. I said yes. And here's the deal. But now here's the disclaimer. She did such a horrible job, I looked like a horror movie clown. So it's not considered makeup. It was more like war paint. It was a drunk cross-dresser. It was more like a drunk cross-dresser. I mean, it was like a a rough night for a prom queen. You know, it was bad stuff, man. With no hair. No hair. Yeah, bald, ugly, fat prom queen. Anyway, but you know, it's really interesting. So we had a guy in our podcast a while back, Patrick Tyndall. And he has a cool ministry uh, with men uh, that involves hunting and fishing. And he gets guys around the campfire whenever they have their gatherings, and he tells guys to take their camo off. In other words, he's saying, listen, guys, you have put this thing on your face to hide you. You need to take it off. So when we think of the word cosmos and we think of the well-ordered life, we're thinking of the guy who says, I am going to take all of the veneer off that does not reflect who I really am, and I'm going to put on the true self. I'm going to be a man who my inner being reflects my outer being well to this world. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm trying to articulate this in a way that's understandable. And so here's an example. And guys, this is something I've been doing, and I know I've told you this before. I'm just going to tell you guys, stop being nice to your waitress and stop being nice to your waiter. Be a man who can earn the respect of them. We're so conscious sometimes being nice in the church. I don't respect a lot of nice people. I respect good people. Now, if they're good and nice, I respect them. So for me to go around town and get my coffee and get my meals and all this and just be nice and never do anything else, yeah, I'll be known as a nice guy, but I won't be respected as a godly man. So what I've done to stop being nice to my waiters, and Dale, you've been a part of this with me, is before the meal, I just ask them, I say, hey, I pray for my meals and I just want to pray for you. What can I pray specifically for you? And the responses have been miraculous. You know, we had a guy in New Mexico. His literal name was Humvee. We had a waitress in the airport. Her name is Amy. Humvee, that's his name. I, I He's from Turkey. Yeah. He's from Turkey, so it could be something like, different. I'm like, he really, your Humvee? name's Humvee? He goes, yeah, Humvee. <laughs> Amy, the waitress. Alex, the waitress in the in the grill that we had, the salads in uh, Parker, yeah. Colorado. You know, praying for her marriage, praying for Amy's uh, rehab, praying for Humvee, you know, in his time here as an exchange student. You know, getting an opportunity to make an impact on lives and earning the respect of those people, even though it may be uncomfortable, but we need to move away from nice and move into this respect mode. And, and that's really interesting. And I want to say this again, Dale. I think that the greatest gift that we can give to other men is respect. And I think the get greatest gift others can give to us is respect. And that only comes to the man who lives his life outwardly like he believes inwardly. And there's so much to, to interact here. You know, six rule, and Bill Perkins in his book, 
Six rules every man must break said this, men place respect at the top of their hierarchy of needs. And I wish guys could understand that. So guys, the question for you today is this, are you a man who lives your life in such a way that those who know you the best respect you the most. John Maxwell said that is the definition of success, that those who know me the best respect me the most. Are you a cosmos man? Are you well-ordered in your life? Does your outer life reflect the inner being? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 12, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So mm-hmm. what are you reflecting to the world? So guys, I want you to really reflect on this. So if you're always, you know, you know it's interesting. If you have to keep telling people, respect me, <laughs> it's like telling people, I'm a man. You're not. You shouldn't have to force people into that mode. So uh, Dale, what's next, man? Drive us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to our website at meninthearena.org and click on, on join our program. Uh, this is filling up fast, so you might be put on the wait list, and you'll have to go to the next launch after this one that we're going to be doing here in the fall. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor, hear the deafening roar of the crowd, taste the sweetness of victory, smell the stench of battle, get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.